and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Welcome back. Episode 147 of the Less Doing Podcast. Hey, Felix. Hey, Ari. How's it going? Very well. Still a little bit stuffy from this cold, but uh, I should be all better by the time we have the last doing live event in just a few days. So uh, thanks everybody for listening in. And uh, today we are I'm doing an interview with Christy Paul of Talkspace. And I've spoken about Talkspace a few times now. It's it's a really sort of life changing service as far as I know. As far I mean as far as I know, as as my experience has had with it. And it's it's absolutely just a wonderful way to give people access to speak to a therapist in a private fashion. I actually look at it as like I'm writing a journal and somebody's reviewing it and that's how they look at it too a little bit. So you're going to really enjoy this interview, but let's get to the links first. So uh, the first one I want to tell you about is, uh, it's actually pretty funny that this wanted to share this, but it was on a, on Food 52 and it was basically how to cook, how to hard cook a lot of eggs at once. So, do you like hard-boiled eggs? I do. Well, soft-boiled eggs, but is that the same? No, no. no. So, I, I love soft-boiled too. So, hard-boiled is when they're they, you know, they're like you can slice them up in a salad. Mm, yeah, well, I like it like that. I'm sorry, I was initially thinking eggs for breakfast type soft-boiled eggs, but carry on. Yeah, yeah. So, I well, I love eggs in any form pretty much. But so this is an article about how to make a lot of hard-boiled eggs at once. So, in our household. Uh, hard-boiled eggs, you know, when you have young children, it's actually like a wonderful thing to have around. It's a really good protein source. They can hold it. It's not usually too messy. Uh, and it's a nice thing to just like have ready in the fridge and you can give them. So uh, a lot of times when I make hard-boiled eggs, I'll do like a dozen at a time, which is, yeah. yeah, which is fine. But, you know, you need a pretty big pot and it takes like, it takes some time and you have to really watch it so you don't overdo it. So this, okay. is, this is actually uh, something that Alton Brown came up with. And Alton Brown is my favorite Food Network star has he has been since I was like in high school. He has a show called uh, Good Eats, and he always talked about the science behind the food and like you know how like the sugar bonds were breaking apart. It was really cool stuff. So he's basically like a food hacker in some ways, and so this is it. So basically, you put a towel, a, uh, you wet a towel, a kitchen towel, so it's damp, and uh, the whole thing is damp. Lay the towel on the center rack of your oven. And then okay. li- line up as many eggs as you want on top. Just make sure that they're not touching. But you can put two dozen, four dozen, as many as you can fit. And the metal rods of the rack should act as little nests to hold the, the eggs there so they're standing upright. All right. And yeah. uh, then you turn the oven to 320 and you let the eggs bake for 30 minutes. And then you pull out, you, you just pick up the four corners of the towel and take out all the eggs. Put those owls into, or those owls, put the towel with the eggs into an ice bath. And then... As soon as they're uh, they're done, you can peel them, and or as soon as they cool down, you can peel them, and they're ready to eat. And apparently, this makes eggs that are much creamier uh, than than doing it in water. So, oh really? Yeah, I love this. Interesting. Oh yeah, that is a really cool technique. I would never have thought of that. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I just I, it's great. And the thing is, whether you're going to eat them just whole or slice them up. Uh, you can also make deviled eggs with them. It's 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 a really it's a good thing. It's a really good thing to have. You could put them in a smoothie if you wanted to. Uh, you could. It's it just a, it's like a good staple to have in the house. Yeah. Wow. And uh, have you tried it? No, not yet. Um, I can't wait to though. But I uh, I know that it'll work because Alton Brown is awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, okay. Mm. So that's one. So then the next one is uh, another article from my favorite website, Barking Up the Wrong Tree. It's called The Secret to Never Being Frustrated Again. Um, this is the... Oh, is that what... Oh, oh yeah. So no, why, but, what, why, is, why is the link... Why does it say... Baka Desayu? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. The, the guy who writes it is named Eric Barker. And... I don't know what Baka Desuyo means. Desuyo, Desuyo. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's. Could that be like Japanese for barking up the wrong tree? Would that be real? That would wait. That would be really funny. Hold on. Well, I'm gonna see what that means. 
Yeah, I wonder what that means. Uh, no, it just comes up with his website. Uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. So, um, oh, wait a minute. What? It is. It's Japanese. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> it means it means a fool. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's close enough. Oh, or trivial matter. A trivial matter. So, there you, okay, that makes sense. Oh. So, baka desuyo. Oh. <laughs> okay. Never do that before. I love this guy's website for a year. I've never do that. Hmm. Uh, okay, so the, the first one is uh, the tyranny of should. Uh, you don't get frustrated because of events. You get frustrated because of your beliefs. So this is all about stoicism, which I've talked about before. Uh, Tim Ferriss is a really big fan of stoicism. So is Ryan Holiday. And basically, stoicism is an ancient Greek philosophy, which is essentially the basis for cognitive behavioral therapy, where we're changing our reactions to emotions and situations and basically saying, like, things will happen. They will always, you know, things are going to happen, bad things, good things. And mm -hmm. there's really nothing you can do about that necessarily. So once it happens, getting upset about it or getting uh, distracted by it is not particularly helpful. So basically teaching yourself to uh, approach ad adversity in these situations in a different way, which sounds easier said than done, but it's, it, it's, it's a philosophy. So basically saying that you don't get frustrated because of events, you get frustrated because of your beliefs. So that's uh, a good point. Yeah. So it's like if you understand how you upset yourself by slipping into irrational shoulds, oughts, demands, yeah. and commands, unconsciously sneaking them into your thinking, you can just about always stop disturbing yourself about anything. So uh, like traffic. They give the example of traffic. Yeah. Uh, so traffic happens, but you shouldn't you should uh, but you think it shouldn't happen to you and you think yeah. that's making you miserable is the word should. Or it just shouldn't be happening in general. The the world should be organized better so we don't have to sit in traffic. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and here's they said huh. another one is never uh, thought of it like that. Yeah. So another one is this headache remedy probably won't work, but give it a shot. So you try it, and it yeah. doesn't work. You get frustrated. Yeah. Sorry. You're not frustrated. But okay, same situation. But I say this always works. It fails. Now you're annoyed. What changed? Your expectation. Yeah. Right. So. And I love this. If you tell or you tell a five-year-old to stop yelling, they don't listen. You don't get that bothered. After all, the kid is five. But you should. But you tell me to stop yelling, and I don't listen. You get angry. What's different? Eric should stop. He's an adult. Again, nothing changed but your belief. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. I thought that was cool. Uh, and then the university. The universe is not taking orders from you. It's as simple as A, B, C, D. So A is adversity. So like traffic is awful. Mm -hmm. B is your beliefs, uh, and so they're often irrational, like this shouldn't happen to me. C is consequences, so you get angry, frustrated, or depressed. And D is you dispute your irrational beliefs. So you'll be like, wait a second, when did the universe guarantee me a trouble-free existence? It didn't. Traffic has happened before, it will happen again, and I will survive. So it, yeah. it's kind of the point there. Uh, you see a little, a little pattern. Uh, so yeah. it's true, and again, you know, it's it's very hard to necessarily put that into action in a regular way, but it's it's a good practice to try. Yeah, yeah. No, I part I particularly liked this quote from Hamlet. Uh, Shakespeare wrote, "There's nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so." Hmm. So now, yeah, chew on that one. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay. So the next thing is a, a new keyboard app. Now, this is fascinating. And I, I, I have to say, I did try this, and it does work. Yeah. It takes a little getting used to it. But ha have you seen this, the, the Hero keyboard? No, I have not. I'm fascinated, though. Okay, are you, are you looking at it, though? I am now. It's yeah. so weird. Okay, so it's basically, you're supposed to be able to type with your thumb. That's it. Okay. okay. So uh, it's a... You, you'll have to look at this for the show notes. We'll put the link in. But it's basically a circle. So picture like a rotary telephone, but like a couple of them. And that's the whole alphabet. And essentially, the space bar is in the middle. And you, mm -hmm. can, you can type with your thumb. So all the letters are within thumb's reach. It says that it'll, it'll save you three feet for every tweet. So uh, you, can even, you can drag across adjacent letters for faster entry. And you can enter common symbols on the main thing. It's it's basically like the most common keys are in the most reachable places. So like, oh, okay, yeah, I gotcha. So 
I have to say it was it was cool. Like it 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 did seem to work. Uh, I find that nowadays I've been typing less and less. Anyways, I've been doing more and more voice recording, and I know that you do a lot of voice dictation. Um, I what do you mean using the um the phone? You're you're often oh like, yeah, yeah like you never I never seen you write a text ever. Oh yeah, I often dictate it. Yeah, that's true. And I also use the um the audio send an audio message. Well, we send each other a lot of those as well. Yeah. Right, exactly. So anyway, I, I think people should try this out. It's really cool. I, it reminds me that there was someone that was developing, I remember a long time ago, like a one-handed keyboard. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. Uh, like the, it the, didn't obviously take off. It obviously wasn't. Um, the turtle board, I think, got, is one Look of at them. that. They've got the, the V, Z, and X down at the far left. I mean, you almost can't see them. Right. But I like the way they have the hashtag and the ampersand up there as well, because those are that's really clever. Yeah, I, I think you should you should give it a try. Um, I I was people because hero is at the pot at the they're the biggest letters. That's really cool. Yeah, totally up my alley. That kind of. I thing. know, I know. So yeah, give it a shot. Yeah, you bet. Um, okay, so uh, the next one is an article from Mark's Daily Apple, and it says self control, the ultimate exercise of freedom. And this this was really good timing for me to read this article, and I just I, I it's I really like Mark's writing and. Uh, to me, the whole sugar thing, for like that we talked about in the last episode, is is really about self control, and that's something that extends to other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. So it, like for example, uh, I think that I'm I have a better mood and I'm more in control of my emotions and my emotional state when I don't eat sugar. And there's definitely a link. You could definitely say that eating sugar will mess with your hormones and cause you to have mood swings and all sorts of stuff. But just being able to say no to sugar is what's important for me. Because honestly, like if somebody gave me a lollipop right now, it doesn't mean that I'm gonna go like go crazy the rest of the day. It's just that that would be ridiculous. Mm. But being able to say no to it means that I have self-control. And self-control is very important for children too, by the way. There's a number of studies on this. Like people have seen the marshmallow. Have you seen the marshmallow test? Felix? No, what is that? So, it, okay, first of all, it's not a great test. And the study that was done on it is really flawed in some ways, but it actually does illustrate a good point. So, with the marshmallow test, they put children in a room, and they're usually, from what I saw, they were like five, six, seven year olds, like pretty young children. And they put them in the seat and they put a marshmallow in front of them on the table and they tell them, you know, very nicely, they say, look, uh, you, you can have this marshmallow right now if you want, but if you wait till I come back, I'll give you two marshmallows. Oh, yes. <laughs> So, but what? until I come back, is that unspe- is that supposed to be an unspecified? Amount so they've done it a couple of ways. I think one was like ten minutes. So I'll be back in ten minutes, or others that just said oh, when I come back. Yeah, and you know they found that the children who were able to wait basically had more self control and more more grit and all this stuff. The problem with the stuff, I mean, so uh, the 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 point that is important is that yes, yeah, self control is a very important human trait, and you mm-hmm. know being able to hear no as well as well as say no is important. So mm-hmm. uh, the problem with the study was that what they found when they retested it was that the children's ability to withhold, or not to withhold, but to, uh, to wait, was mm-hmm. completely dependent on how much they trusted the person who was running the study. Okay. So if, the, if is... it was like a nice you know, woman who was like a teacher and was like, you know, I'll be back and I'll bring you another one, they believed her more and they were willing to wait for it. Whereas if it was somebody else, and not just men and women, obviously, but maybe there was like a man who was like in a lab coat and he was like, you know, I'll be back in, in a few minutes. And if I, when I come back, you'll get another one. Like they, they didn't necessarily trust it that much. Mm. And that's really what had the effect on whether or not they waited. Wow. wow. Kids are yeah. so clever. Kids are so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If I told, I'm pretty sure that if I told Lucas to uh, to wait, he would. I know that Ben and Sebastian would not. Uh, what do you think? Do, what do you think Julian would do? Um, if you told him, if you told him, I'll come back. I don't think. I think. I think Julian would go straight for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There. I mean, they're, they're, the video, the videos of the tests are amazing because there's literally kids who pick it up while the person is telling them, "I will come back and give you another one," and they're already eating it. Oh right, right. So, uh, anyway, self control. It's it sort of feels. I'm not sure. It feels mean to test it. It's, it's kind of a cruel test in a way. I mean, nothing inherently cruel, but it's just. Um, it's just you know what I mean. 
Yeah. Well, it was funny. Uh, Kelly Starrett, who is a big guy in the CrossFit community, but he's he's like a mobility expert. He uh, he was saying that he did it for fun with his daughter, and I think his daughter was like nine or something. And he mm-hmm. said to her, he said to her, like, I'll if I you know I'll come. He said I'll come back in ten minutes and give you two. And she said, What if I wait fifteen? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> well, that's one thing. They <clears throat> it helps if they um, understand the concept of time. That's true too. And, which uh, Julian's not really there on that front at the moment. Yeah, Ben's new thing, which I think is adorable. Mm. It's actually worked to our advantage really well. Is uh, I, they say in 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 class apparently at school they always do two minute countdowns to the end of the period or the class, whatever. So they're like two minutes. Oh, so yeah. now if you ask Ben to do anything that he doesn't want to stop doing, he goes no two minutes. What do you mean? So like he wants to wait two more minutes. Oh really? Okay. And it's amazing because he <clears> actually follows through. Two minutes. Okay. But he follows through. So it's great because it's like, okay, you know, like time to turn off the, t- like trying to turn off the, you know, the iPad now. No, two minutes. Okay, fine. Two minutes. And then two minutes, you know, he doesn't know yeah, what two minutes are. Good. That's very clever. That's yeah. yeah. Um, it's great for bedtime now too. It's like, we'll be, you know, relaxing or watching a, a cartoon or something. And it's like bedtime. No, two minutes. Okay, fine. Two minutes. And, you know, like uh, 45 seconds later, I'm like, okay, it's been two minutes. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Uh, okay, so there's another uh, uh, app service thing coming out that call, called uh, Kubu, I think, uh, Kubu, K-U-M-U. And it is, uh, I really love this model, by the way. I'll talk about this more in a second. But so basically, you get partnered with a wellness coach who guides you through health and wellness, fitness goals, all through Kubu app. So it's an app, and you have access to a real uh, coach who is a nutrition pro, a fitness expert. Uh, they have a science background. And basically, you are. This is very much like Talkspace, like we're talking about on today's episode, except it's it's a fitness coach. And I love the concept. Uh, and it it, all, it actually has a lot of tracking in it. They'll set goals for you, like uh, take photos of your meals this week, or try a yoga class this weekend, replace one soda per day with water. Do these. Ex- so it, it's they can track your activity. You can track yours with them, and you have an accountability partner. So it's uh, yeah, it's a really effective method, and I have to say, like you're seeing more and more of this kind of service, and I love it. I think it's a great thing because um, I recently did a partnership or a collaboration rather with Change Collective, which is a similar idea, and they did an Inbox Zero course with me. And mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, and you know, they may be listening, but I'll be honest, I, I didn't put a, a huge amount of faith in it. I, I I believed in the concept, but I wasn't sure that it was going to be delivered in a way that people would respond to. Not because Change Collective, they're great. It's run by this guy Ben Rubin. I know that they know what they're doing. I just wasn't sure people were going to get it. But I suddenly started getting tweets like nonstop from people saying, you know, twenty thousand emails to zero, to inbox zero in four days, thanks to Ari Mizell and Change Collective, and and like. 6,000 to zero and 5,000 to zero. And uh, people have really seen a big change from it. And with my Inbox Zero course, they're basically getting a little bit of coaching from me. And then they have real-time accountability through the app to stay to Inbox Zero. It's amazing. It really works. Wow. And we're going to be doing the Inbox Zero at um, at the event? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. We've got Inbox yeah. Zero. We have Julia Roy who's going to do her presentation called You Suck at Email, which I it's it's a <laughs> it's an awesome presentation. Oh, great. Uh, so it it and not only that, you know, the thing that people have to realize about this event is that these we're going to have 2-hour workshops where the teacher or the workshop leader is really presenting for about 45 minutes or a half an hour. The rest of the time is going to be spent with you implementing the things you're learning with their help. Yeah. Sounds really great. Yeah. Yeah. So and 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 by the way, Felix is going to be showing you guys how to get the sound on your podcast really killer, and also answering any other questions you might have about uh, music production or or the sound, the the podcast in general. So sure, yeah. Uh, okay, so the uh, the next one. Uh, do you like green tea? Um, you know, I am actually getting into green tea. There's there's a green and mint tea that I think it's I think it's made by Twinings. Um, I tend to have that sort of later on in the afternoon and I, and I, you know, well, ever since you told me to have green tea, um, as, um, as a way to get a little bit of caffeine, but not too much. And it has L-theanine in it. Um, so it doesn't keep you awake or whatever, however it works. Um, I've started drinking it. That was a long answer, wasn't it? No, it was very good. It's good. It's good. Uh, I'm glad to hear that. Yes. And, and, and nice, uh, for you remembering about L-theanine. Thanks. Wow. What does the L theanine do exactly? 
Uh, so it's it's a uh, it gives yeah. you calm energy basically. It, it, it basically increases blood flow, so you have more oxygen in your circulatory oh, nice. system. Okay, well, so the reason I ask, so uh, I'm sure you've heard of matcha green tea. Have you heard of matcha? Um, I don't think so. Is that a brand name or is that a no? Brand? So it's a kind. So it's 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 become much more popular. Like I mean, in 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 some very commercial ways, but like. Uh, Starbucks has their matcha green tea latte and all these. It's like matcha is like being heard a lot now. Basically, uh, what matcha is is it's whereas with typical green tea, typical teas in general, you know, you put the tea leaves in the water and then you take them out and you drink the tea. Whereas with matcha, they're actually the leaves have been powdered, so you're actually drinking the leaves entirely. Oh, okay. So you're getting the. Oh well, okay, yeah. So, so it's, it's a lot more powerful. Basically. Exactly, yeah. So it's much, <clears throat> much, much more constant. It's also grown in a different way. Uh, basically, uh, like it's dried and it's, uh, it, it's, they stop drying it at a particular point and they steam it and then like, the, and then it's stone ground into this fine powder. So you're actually eating the entire tea leaf or drinking it when, when you do this. So you get more uh, antioxidants. It has more caffeine. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it's actually used for medicinal purposes and, uh, uh, and uh, you can actually put, since it's a powder, you can actually put it into food or smoothies or things like that where you wouldn't put tea leaves in that. So uh, you could like uh, put it in a smoothie or you could put it in guacamole, actually, which is kind of an interesting way to do it. You can add it to guacamole. It doesn't really change the taste, but you're going to get a lot of those health benefits from it as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I love matcha green tea. It's a really, it's nice. And I like the little, I like the texture of it, feeling it sometimes when you, when you drink it, so. Anyway, it's just something to play around with if you're into okay. green tea. Yeah. Uh, and so the last article I want to share today is from Racked, uh, which is a, a shopping consumer sort of, uh, it's, a, it's a consumerist blog. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's about a few people basically who game the credit card system and their secrets. And it's all, this is all legal stuff, but it's basically about like how to travel hack and stuff and use points. So it talks about this woman Angelina Ostello, who took yeah. Nine- so how does she do this exactly? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, okay. So for the gun, go on. So I am not an expert in this by any means, and there are people who teach this stuff. Like travel hacking is a real friggin' thing, and uh, she has huh. so she has twenty four credit cards, and she has been collecting points and all these things and accrued points. So first of all, there's a lot of credit card offers that you see all the time, where it's like get a credit card, spend a thousand dollars on it, and you get fifty thousand points you know just for signing up or get a credit card and get your get a friend to get a credit card too and you get twenty thousand points so okay. it, they said it, it like a lot of it is like extreme couponing you know that have you ever seen that show by the way like extreme couponing no i haven't no. okay it's it's actually a little scary but there are people who they all that all these people who do extreme couponing have rooms in their house just dedicated to storing all the stuff that they bought and a lot of it they don't need like there there are people who will buy 10,000 diapers because they were free but they don't have any kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> really so uh anyway there's there's all sorts of blogs dedicated to this but you really can get uh, i forgot what the the big one is oh it's the points guy yeah and he's on here the points guy is like the the biggest one about this and it shows you all the different credit card deals you can use and again this is totally legal it just requires you know some good organization but you can basically rack up hundreds of thousands of points that you can use for free flights all over the world wow well get me on that because crikey so they oh, i've got to read this article yeah, i mean we do. just forked out it's a well it's a big deal. Uh, we actually, we are, we use credit card points in a big way. I actually, um, this is a little life hack for everyone here. Um, we use, we basically pay for everything on our credit card. And then we pay it off entirely each month. And we rack up a ton of points. And I'm with, we use Citibank thank you points. So our credit cards are from Citibank. and. And we get tons of points that we then use mainly to buy gift cards. And that's really the big secret, in my opinion. And we mostly use them. uh, We then get the gift cards from Best Buy. And so 10,000 points, 10,000 thank you points will buy you, will get you a $100 gift card from Best Buy. And it tends to be 
a lot you tend to get a lot more points for your money or a lot more money for your points rather that way as opposed to buying stuff directly from thank you points um but i mean we get a i mean a ton of i think i calculated it recently we got like three thousand dollars worth of points last year i think or not even maybe even more than that um but yeah it's a really great it's a really great way of um um you know getting a lot of free stuff yeah that's i mean but the key is you do have to it, it helps if you have a lot of different accounts with with citibank um so if you have a lot of cards the more accounts you have the more points you get the more um rather the more reward ratio you get so you might get like two points for every dollar spent as opposed to one and that's how you really rack them up yeah right that's great yeah so that it's it's worth like again too if you're in and that's a good one too that's a good uh idea was with the gift cards and by the way there's now all social places where you can sell gift cards so if it yeah if you get one you don't want it or the it depends on you have to look at the numbers there's really really weird ways to game that kind of system so yeah uh cool all right well thanks for sharing that felix thanks everyone for listening in and enjoy the interview with christy of talkspace and we will see you at the event i hope we i'm very much looking forward to it see you then and now for feature interview so now i'm speaking with christy paul who is the director of training and personnel at talkspace which is a service that I, I talked about before. Uh, Felix and I have mentioned it a few times on the podcast. Really, really uh, game-changing kind of service, in my opinion. So, Christy, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. You're welcome. Glad to do it. So, before we get into what you do, let, just can you give people an overview of what Talkspace is? Absolutely. Talkspace is an online counseling company where anybody can come online and they're directed to a private room and they can talk privately with their very own therapist. It's online, it's unlimited messaging, which means that they can get into their room, a client can get into their room anytime they want, and they can message to their therapist anytime they want, as much as they want, as often as they want. And then there are certain times throughout the day that the therapist will get back to them and respond to them. Okay. So, and we're going to get into a little more detail on that, but so I, I, I'm very excited about this actually. I mean, well, okay, we'll get into more detail, but first of all, and what, okay. what, what does your job entail? My job is, first of all, I am a therapist on the site. I'm a licensed mental health counselor. And so I carry my own caseload of clients uh, that I, that I help in the therapeutic process. But I am also the director of training and personnel, which means I do the onboarding of uh, any of our therapists. So I will do interviews with them and then I bring them on and do intensive training with them um, before they become a provider. So I bring on any and all of our providers. Okay, so first of all, the the reason that I, I'm I'm really excited about Talkspace. I, so in all full disclosure, like I am a user of Talkspace, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. How I, I think it's funny when there's like a stigma about people speaking to therapists, and the thing is, is you can't be an expert in everything, and you know you you would call an electrician if your lights weren't working. So I don't know why people think that they can fix their own uh, brain issues without without talking <laughs> to somebody. Point. Um, and for me, it's it it's almost like uh, an educational experience because a lot of what I do with less doing has a, a psychological sort of bend to it, and there's things about human behavior and the way that we're motivated to do things. So I almost feel a lot of times, even if I'm talking about my own you know frustrations or uh, emotions, that it, it's it's a it's an educational process for me, and it's a really great sounding board. And the thing that's so groundbreaking for me about having it in this format and having it by text is first of all, I feel like there's a lot of self checking that goes on when you have to write out a story. Uh, so That's right. well, and, and what I mean, and, and, and I'm just going to go rant, on a rant, but what I mean is there are a lot of times when I'll start to write something and I'll be like, that sounds really whiny. 
or that sounds really like that doesn't make any sense or you know and it's almost just by writing it sometimes it actually helps so that alone is amazing mm-hmm. it is amazing and you can go back and you can reread what you write uh where once you say you know when somebody says something then then it can be a little bit more subjective like remembering exactly what i said before or remembering what somebody said before we remember things differently when when it's spoken but when we can go back and i can go back as a therapist and i can read what i said to somebody um or they can read what they said to me or they can read what i said to them and and all of that vice versa then we can go back and we can have a conversation about that um and 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 in a lot of different ways one is looking at the progress of where the person was to where they are now uh sometimes it's okay look at the mood and how things are changing remember back when we went you know let's go back to last week and all the things you were saying to where you're at now and what's happened over the course of the week that's changed to where we can see we can see a mood change right here in this in this room um over the course of a few days and so it is good to be able to write it out for the reason that you said because it it it's like a, a self checker like okay i can read what i wrote and man you know now that i'm reading this and looking at what i said this is how i feel about myself um but it also shows progress or lack of progress or change in in moods um and it also is is an opportunity to really a really good uh coping a good way some people just getting into the room and just being able to write what they're feeling at that moment is really good it's like a diary for them but the difference between what you know because somebody may ask well if that's the case then why would i pay to come to a therapist and do that instead of just having my own journal is because there's a different dynamic to it knowing that a therapist is reading your diary reading your journal and giving some feedback as needed to that you know sometimes people need very little feedback they just want to get it out they just know know that someone is quote unquote listening to them by reading that journal is enough for them and sometimes it's like i want to give you my journal i want to give you my deepest darkest thoughts and feelings and difficulties in life and i want to get feedback from a professional who actually knows some ideas and ways for me to cope and deal with this so yeah so you're exactly right there the idea of writing it out has so many different um off opportunity positive opportunities for our clients that that's very very successful. Well, and another thing that is really so good about that is it's effectively like having an on-demand therapist because part of the problem I I like in previous years when I have uh, periodically visited a, a therapist in person, I actually found it really really frustrating because at least in my case I'd found that you know if I was seeing the person every 2 weeks or something I would either write down things that I wanted to talk about or I just kind of like hold on to them and then I'd mm-hmm. get to the session and you know 45 minutes later I would have basically just been like vomiting you know all the things that were like bothering <laughs> yeah. me and it and it built and I felt that it actually was quite counter counterproductive and mm-hmm. making the problem a lot worse so and it's not in 45 minutes is not enough time every right. 2 weeks right Mm-hmm. So and and what's it's actually interesting because on the one hand it's like you think that being having a conversation getting real time feedback might be a good thing but at the same time the asynchronous communication aspect of Talkspace is is great to me because there'll be times when I don't write anything for three or four days and then there are times where I write six or seven things in one day and either way the therapist is not getting back to me in five minutes they're usually getting back to me once a day and. that's never been an issue. It's always been like, okay, that's great. Like I just kind of let this go and add this and oh and then this was the thing I thought about and then get sort of an overview. Yes. Yeah, cuz you can go our 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 clients can go into the room at any time. They don't have to wait until a scheduled appointment time to share what's going on or what's bothering them or what what happened. They can go into the room and share and, and express it at any time. And they will hear back from their therapist um that day you know it won't necessarily be right away but it will be that day and and so yes you do have the on demand on demand uh, uh therapist but at the same time you 
you don't want the therapist to always immediately respond back because if they're if they're immediately responding back uh, every single time, then it's not going to be as effective as if they're reading the room and thinking about and thinking through the best way. And so sometimes, you know, we have some clients whose expectations are, okay, this is on demand. They should be writing me back right away. Well, there's, there's a time for that. Yes. To have uh, more chat one-on-one, but then there's times where it's really the most effective when it's asynchronous, when the client has time to think and process. Because if they're hearing from their therapist right away, and we feel that need to respond to the therapist right away, then that's not giving the client the opportunity to process things. And sometimes the clients will say, I need time to think about this. I want to process what you said. You're an amazing therapist. You just told me some great stuff. Give me some time to think about it, you know? Well, and, and, and not only that, I mean, everybody has, well, anybody who's either seen a movie with a therapist in it or has had an experience with a therapist, I'm sure has seen that a lot of times a therapist will very purposely not say anything, you know, yeah. and, and just wait for you to sort of fill that space, which is, which is great. But at the same time, it, it's, it, it's, it doesn't, I think, allow you to process, you know, it properly because, again, you have that short amount of time to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it is, and it is an opportunity to get it out, you know. Um, uh, like you were saying with face to face, you would have these things you want to talk to your therapist about and you would write it down. And even though you're getting it out on paper and writing it down, you've noticed that there's a difference between writing it down on your own piece of paper versus writing it down into a room that you know, the therapist is going to be reading that day. Well, and, well oh, sorry, go ahead. Nope, that's, that's my, that was my point. Well, so there's a uh, an app called Rise.us, which is a nutrition count. It's a nutrition coaching service. And basically the way it works is that uh, you take a picture of every meal that you eat. And then at the end of the day, an actual nutritionist gives you sort of a review for the day and gives you some advice. And, you know, it feels like that a lot to me. And I think mm-hmm. it, 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 it holds you accountable to the process in a very, very different kind of way, uh, talk space does. So yeah. I'm curious from the therapist side, how does this, how, how does this, like, is this exciting for you? Is it a new way to, like, is it a cool way to interact with clients? You get to interact with a lot more clients this way? It is very much so. I live, um, the entire time that I have been, I've been a, a therapist um, for over a decade now. And the entire time, uh, has always been in the same small town in Florida. And um, so really, all of the clients that I have seen have sort of been very similar. Most of them are from this small town or most of them, you know, it's just it's a small town, beach town, oldest city in the nation. Um and, you know, we have people here who are families here have been rooted since the day that this town was established. And then we have some people who come from up north who live here, but they kind of just sort of really get into the groove of what this town is about. So there's really, as far as the diversity of the types of clients that I would see in this town is very limited. Uh, and so in doing the online therapy, it's like opened up to a whole new world be in, in literally a whole new world because. I have clients from all over the world and it's not just people from my small town. It's not just people from Florida. It's not even just people from the United States. And so it really allows some diversity. I get a bunch of like different like cases and get to talk to clients about things that, um, that they wouldn't necessarily talk about here in Florida in this town, but also not just that, but, um, but also, it's um, gosh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought of what else is so exciting about. <laughs> to be easy, but I got so excited about the diversity of it that, and I, and as I was saying that, I thought about something else. Um, um, oh, I know what I was going to say is the different types of cases because there's a lot of people that will come to talk space and. You know, it, it's sort of a catch-22 because, yes, we we want to say, you know, therapy for all. We want to break down the stigma of therapy and make this something accessible. Anybody, anywhere can get therapy, you know, from their pocket, you know, through our app or whatever. But at the same time, 
part of the reason why clients like us is because they don't have to go to a face-to-face therapist. Nobody has to see their car in the parking lot. Um, Nobody has to look at them face-to-face. And so that being said, there's a lot of people that come into our site to get counseling that wouldn't otherwise get counseling because they may be embarrassed or uncomfortable talking face-to-face to somebody about what their problems are. And so not only do we get clients that um, that are telling us stuff that maybe we would never see in face-to-face therapy, but they're telling us more. You would, You may not believe it, but so many of our clients will tell us that they've been in therapy, face-to-face therapy for years and years and years and have never told their face-to-face therapist something. And this is the first time they're entering a room with me, (laughs) you know? And so it's like, wow, the first time, hello, my name's Christy, nice to meet you. Boom, I've never told my uh, face-to-face therapist this and I've been in therapy 20 years, but blah, 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 you know? And it's like vomiting, like you said, you know? Um, And so it's just, so just the uniqueness of the diversity of it, the uniqueness of just people coming to us really trusting us, some things that maybe they wouldn't trust a face-to-face therapist, and then people really feeling like they can open up and share more that maybe they wouldn't otherwise. And so um, so those things are very, very exciting, and it keeps me like wanting to do it. Like, what's next? What's going to happen next? Who's going to be my next uh, client? And, and, and the relationship that we that I have with my clients is is very different and it's you know because here we are you know wherever I'm at you know I can get on my computer and I can talk to my clients and and we have a very very good relationship I feel like I know them I feel like I've known them for a long time and I've never even met them face to face you know and so um and, and I think it's because we have that asynchronous uh, talk going on to where we just continue this relationship and, and get to know each other. And before long, you know, it, it, it's almost like I get to know them better than if I see them two times a month for a total of an hour and a half, you know, when I'm talking to them pretty much every single day for several months or a year or whatever. So anyways, those are just a few. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Absolutely. So uh, now, you mentioned access, which is a very important thing, and, and the cost of this is extremely accessible. So why don't you talk about that for a minute? Okay. The accessibility? No, I'm saying it's very, compared to regular therapy, it's very cheap to use CrossFit. Oh, very cost-effective. Absolutely. Absolutely cost-effective. Yes. Um, you know, it's, a, it's not only convenient, but it's affordable. Um, you know, and, and the convenient, the convenience aspect of it is also, I mean, we get several people who have jobs where they work, uh, a lot, um, or they travel, uh, quite a bit. And so it's hard to schedule appointments to go see their therapist every couple of weeks, um, face to face. And so they can take us with them wherever they go and, and have us with them. Um, and uh, and so yes, the, the convenience and and the cost um, is is definitely way less expensive than going and seeing a face to face counselor, especially for the time that our clients get. Well, and can you can you tell people what the cost is? Yeah, I can tell. Um, our main uh, plans are monthly plans it's a automatic each of our plans are a subscription that automatically renew um and so the main ones are the um monthly quarterly and yearly and the monthly plan is $99 a month the quarterly is $228 a month and the yearly is $628 a, a year and so, you know, the way that you can see it is the more time that that a client buys at once, the cheaper it is. So if it's $99 a month, that's that's paid all in one one deal. You pay $99, but it's the equivalent of $25 a week. Whereas if somebody bought quarterly, which they would pay $228, it's more the equivalent of $19 a week. So so as you can see, it's even cheaper to buy um, 
a quarterly than a monthly. Sometimes people like to do the monthly because they kind of like to see how it goes. But most people are in therapy at least three months, if not longer, you know, so it is, it is kind of more cost efficient to do the quarterly, but those are our plans. The monthly, the quarterly, uh, and the yearly are mostly the, the plans that we have that people, people use. And so when you go to see a face-to-face therapist, it is about a hundred to $150 an hour. So if you're looking at uh, $99 one month, you can see how that's very <laughs> inexpensive. Yeah, no, it, it's it, it really it really is incredible. Uh, and you know, another thing is, uh, is there is there an age? I just thought of this. Is there a minimum age to use the service? Yes, eighteen. Oh, it is eighteen. Okay, so yes. so they're not you're not dealing with any teenagers then. If yeah, for the most part, no, we do not. Um, there has been an occasion where, where an, a parent will come on and say, you know, I'd like to have my teenager do this. Can we sign a consent for that to happen? You know, but really, no, uh, we do not generally uh, work with anybody that is that is a minor. So it's 18 and up. Because, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, if you get the parents' consent, that's great. Because I feel like, especially with the way that teenagers and, and kids relate to technology, that, that, you know, a lot of them are on their phones a lot. Anyway, it might be a really good thing, you know, to be, like, I'm just thinking about, like, bullying and stuff like that. If they can Absolutely. pull out their phone really quick and talk to somebody, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, this is just really um, something that would be great to tap into teens with. Um, it, it's just just figuring out the best way to get some consent for that. Um, but yes, because they're on their phones all the time and they perhaps kind of talk to a therapist. Anyways. I mean, a lot of them would find it pretty cool to be able to talk to a therapist. And um, and you're right with the bullying situation, you know, um, and family, you know, if they have some family things going on at home and, and everything. But um but yes so i agree with you on that also though like just looking at the future of it and seeing um kids you know even younger than than six years old who can grab my iphone and do stuff with it that i didn't even know my iphone did um and then seeing that they communicate so well you know they're already they heart heart they hardly even know how to write but they can text you know so just knowing uh that that's just seeing that and seeing the future of where these kids are, that even if, if we don't see them now, in a few years, whenever they are, you know, adults, this is definitely probably going to be the avenue they're going to take when they want to want to talk to a therapist. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I would think so. It, it just, again, it just provides such uh, more immediate gratification and, and, the outlet. It's very cathartic, honestly. That's my mm-hmm. experience. So uh, the last question that I like to ask on these interviews, and I'm, I'm curious, actually, I'm really interested to hear your answer since you are a therapist, is what are your top three pieces of advice for people who want to be more effective? And you can interpret that however you like, but three ways that people can be more effective in their lives. Okay. Yeah. So, so just generally speaking, you know, not necessarily talking to a client. I mean, I could be talking to you or talking to a friend or talk to anybody and they say, how can I have a more effective life? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a very loaded question. Um, that, that, uh, that's, you know, it comes, I think number one, I think is just recognizing what your purpose in life. I think where people struggle the most is recognizing and realizing that we all have a purpose. We all have a reason for living. And so tapping into that and finding out what that purpose is. Um, and so finding purpose in life and living out that purpose would be one thing. I think the other thing is that we are such a culture of me and I, and it's about me. And if we live our lives always trying to satisfy ourselves, then we're going to feel empty. And I think if we can live our lives um, caring about others and um, being more like trying to, I think, I think find more happiness and a more effective life when we look at things from the perspective of other people and caring about others rather than making everything about me. Because the more, you know, when we look at when we look at our life and we look at it about me, 
we never get filled up enough. You know, it doesn't matter how much money we make. It doesn't matter how many friends we have. It doesn't matter how much stuff we have. It's never enough. It's like, I always need more. I, 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 I need this. I want this. I need. And so it's never enough. And so we're never fulfilled. And so in order to have an effective life, it's not about me and what I can have and what I can do and what, you know, what I want. It's more about being able to see other people and caring about other people and doing and loving on other people that we will become more fulfilled and more, more effective. Um, so those are two, you know, having a purpose and living our purpose in life. Um, those, those are excellent ones, by the way. They can get less about me and more about other people. Um, and the third, uh, I think, would just be able to, no matter what the circumstances are, being able to be happy, not happy that bad things are happening to me, but saying, you know what, sometimes bad things happen in life and it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad, but you know what? I can still be a happy person. I can still live my life. I can still move forward and, and, and still have, you know, some satisfaction. Um, and I think sometimes Times you know, going back to the me, me, me thing, it's like when something bad happens, we get stuck in that bad and instead of just really trying to move forward or move out of it and say, you know what, I'm going to still choose to be happy. I'm still going to choose to uh, live a life because I want I want to be effective. Um, so hopefully that that made sense to you. But those are those are my my three off the top of my head without having time to think about it. That would be what I would say would be a, a good effect of life. That's that's the way I like it. So thank you. No, <laughs> those are great. Those are really good. Uh, so just please tell people where they can find out more about Talkspace and sign up. Sure. Uh, it's www.talkspace.com. And that is the website. And then we have an app. Talkspace, T-A-L-K-S-P-A-C-E, all one word, uh, is, is our app. And it's on Google Play as well as on um, iTunes or, or through Apple. Okay. Well, Christy, thank you so much for your time. That was really great. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope that people take advantage of this if they've been on the fence about whether or not they want to talk to somebody. It's really worth trying out. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.